from Winterhut Studios, I'm Elgin Davis, and this is the More Human Podcast. Hello, and welcome to Episode 5 of the More Human Podcast, where together, we're on a quest to become mentally and emotionally healthy. The more human question of the episode is, what are the major components we have to consider when we speak about holistic health? So in this episode, we're going to talk about something that's pretty tough for many of us, but it really goes a long way in protecting our mental and emotional health, and that is boundary setting. I hope you're excited for this episode, because I know I am. I learned so much in producing this episode, so hopefully you take away something as well. I'm trying something new this week, so be sure to let me know how you like it. At the end of each episode, I'm going to give a shout out to the More Human Podcast listener or listeners of the week, so stick around until the end to hear how you can get a permanent shout out on a future episode of the podcast. I also want to start doing some more listener-involved segments here on the podcast. So, if you feel like being a rock star in the More Human Podcast, or you just want to become a part of the community, follow at More Human Podcast on Instagram and reply to the listener segment questions in my Instagram stories and posts every Monday. Otherwise, I'll just keep talking to myself in this here closet. Awkward pause. And there's no need to feel shy, because I'm not even famous like that, or really at all, for that matter. Alright, so let's get into the first segment. So this segment is called Smell the Flowers. The listener question for this episode was, what is something you're grateful for this week? And we have quite a few answers, so I'm excited to share these with you all. The first one we have here is from at William B. Williams, aka Will. And Will said he's grateful for how accessible information is in today's world. I love that information being so widely accessible for us who are learning about mental and emotional health here on this podcast and beyond. There's so much information at our fingertips. There's podcasts, there are YouTube videos, articles, books, TED Talks, you name it. There's so much available to us in this age of information, really. So yeah, right on. I love that. At Christy Monroe, aka Christy, says she's grateful for counseling. And I think that's really important that As most of us might be aware of, there's a huge stigma around therapy and counseling and people getting the help that they need, when in reality, people doing those things, that's exactly what we want. People are becoming healthier. They're getting the help that they need. And so, yeah, I think that's great. Counseling is a major plus. I went a few times in college when I had some of my football injuries, given as dark of a time that was for me. Counseling was really, really helpful. So, could not recommend highly enough. (laughs) At Lights Camera Analysis, aka Audrey, a fellow podcaster, who you can expect to hear more of in the near future. This week she's grateful for knitting. She says, it calms my nerves by physically channeling my nervous energy elsewhere. Physical activity, having hobbies, having things that we can use to de-stress and collect our thoughts, collect ourselves. It's super important. Yeah, knitting is her thing, and that's pretty cool. At M Orchid, aka Emma. Emma says this, I'm grateful for my grandmother. She gives me space to be me. Heart emoji. That's so precious. It's so awesome. Family is really important. And it's even more important that there are family members in our lives who give us that space, like Emma mentioned there, and who listen and who help guide us when we need guidance and who are actively looking after our mental and emotional well-being. That's so nice. So wholesome. At Sistery Untold, another fellow podcaster, says, The podcast community. Everyone has been so welcoming to us newbies. And then the smiling face with hearts around it emoji. Yeah, I I agree. This is the fifth episode of the podcast, and it's moving a lot faster than I expected it to move. And I really appreciate everyone who's listened so far and who will continue with me on this journey. 
It's a really nice thought. Thank you, Sistery Untold. And we also have an audio submission from Chris. This is what Chris says. Congrats on the podcast. I look forward to the new episode that comes out every week. So I, I think it's it's a very well done. As to what I'm grateful for, I'm happy to say that I'm officially starting medical school next week. So I'm immensely grateful to have this opportunity to pursue my passion and to have had a wonderful support system throughout my life that's allowed me to get to this point. Like I said, keep up the good work and thanks. Thanks so much, Chris. That means a lot. And congrats on starting medical school. That's really awesome. And I know things are probably more than a little stressful starting school anywhere right now during the course of this pandemic. So it's really good to hear that things are going well and that you're excited. Yeah, and that things are off to a good start. So thanks so much to these awesome listeners for sharing their thoughts. And be on the lookout for next week's question every Monday at More Human Podcast on Instagram. All right. Now, let's talk about the island. The island is a concept I first heard about from Brene Brown's podcast, Unlocking Us, in the episode Glennon Doyle and Brene on Untamed. In the episode, Glennon talks about the island as a sort of metaphor, a fortress that you live in to protect you from the things that you deem to be harmful to your holistic health, and a space to keep close the things that strengthen and maintain good holistic health. An island where you get to choose what may and what may not enter, and on what conditions, on what terms. You decide who or what has access to the drawbridge for your island, and essentially you decide what will and will not be tolerated, in a literal sense. I won't spoil the episode for you, in case you ever do go check it out, but there's one moment I want to highlight in particular. So Glennon and Brene are talking about how Glennon uses the idea of the island in her own life, and its effect on her kids. The most powerful thing to me in that moment is where she tells us that she's setting the example for her kids and removing toxic influences and people from their lives, even if it means removing a relative or someone who has been around forever. It's a really powerful moment, and I highly recommend you check it out. So that's the idea of this island. Now, let's look at it in a different shape. If you're in a place or context where you can close your eyes, go ahead and close them. Otherwise, don't, like if you're driving or something. Anyway, imagine with me for a moment that you have a beautiful garden. Some of the garden is composed of plants, other parts, vegetables. You've worked really hard to get this garden going, and everything looks great. The flowers are vibrant and blooming, and the peppers and tomatoes are almost ripe for picking. It's your garden, and it's precious to you. It's healthy, and it's in good shape. You don't want people coming in and stepping on your beautiful flowers that you worked so hard to grow. You don't want insects eating your vegetables and having them start to rot. You don't want someone's dog coming in and jumping around and pooping in your beautiful garden. You don't want weeds to choke out the flowers and keep them from getting the nutrients and having the space they need to grow. So what will you do? Well, I imagine you'll protect it. You might put up a fence around the garden to keep feet and paws out. Maybe a passive aggressive sign. I've seen a lot of those. You might use some environmentally conscious thing to make sure weeds don't grow. You might use some other environmentally conscious thing to make sure the insects don't ruin your tomatoes. But when it comes down to it, you'll protect the garden because it is of value to you. You love this garden and you don't want anything bad to happen to it. This garden is your space. This garden is your mental, emotional, physical, spiritual, and social space that you and you alone occupy. The island and the garden have something in common. They represent boundaries. These concepts teach us how to set boundaries for what kind of behavior you will not accept, and how to define the mutual respect that is expected on both sides of any relationship, between you and another person, you and a thing, or you and an environment. When you establish your island, 
your garden, your space, your relationships. You establish your rules and terms as well. How do you want to be treated? What are the lines in the sand? Where are those lines in the sand? What will not be tolerated? What are the terms of conflict resolution? When you cultivate your garden, what is it that you're focused on growing? And what things have you identified that you need to protect those things from? I read an excellent article this week from Margarita Tartakovsky over on Psych Central about boundaries, and I want to share some of the insights from this piece. In the piece, she says that boundaries are essential to both healthy relationships and to a healthy lifestyle overall. Setting and maintaining boundaries are skills that many of us don't explicitly learn. I know I never learned them. But like any skill, they can be learned and mastered. In Tartakovsky's article, Dr. Dana Gianta gives us some strategies for building and maintaining better boundaries. So if you're a note taker, this is your cue. Strategy number one, name your limits. Identify your physical, emotional, mental, social, and spiritual limits. Thoughtfully consider what you can tolerate and accept and what makes you feel uncomfortable and stressed. Do you feel uncomfortable when people hug you without warning? I know I used to feel that way a lot. Are there maybe people in your life who expect you to be able to talk at all hours of the day? Identifying these behaviors that make you feel uncomfortable is a really good starting place to set some of these boundaries. Strategy number two, tune into your feelings. This idea has been at the core of the last four episodes of the More Human podcast, so hopefully you're feeling more well-equipped to handle this one right now. Your feelings help you identify your limits. Dr. Gianta notes two emotions in particular for us to tune into with respect to boundary setting. These emotions are discomfort and resentment. She states that resentment usually comes from being taken advantage of or not appreciated. I've been there many times in my life where resentment was built up, but I didn't say anything about it because I didn't want to cause a riff in the relationship. Little did I know, I wasn't helping myself or the other person, and I ended up causing a riff anyway by letting that resentment fester. Discomfort may also be a sign of someone or something crossing a boundary. Sometimes, but not always. There are times when discomfort is a helpful indicator, like right now with people really engaging with and learning about racism for the first time. That's an example of an opportunity for growth rather than of a boundary being crossed. I think that for many of us, we have a natural intuition for what our boundaries are. But for some of us, the real issue is in respecting those boundaries for ourselves and or asking others to respect them as well. Strategy number three, be direct. Some people will intuitively understand and respect your boundaries, and others simply won't. I encourage you not to play the, I was waiting for you to figure it out, type of games. Charades like this don't actually help the relationship resolve conflict or build trust. They're also a sign of emotional immaturity in that the individual refuses to put in the emotional labor to voice the concern and take the concrete steps to repair the harm as a team, as a pair, and instead plays on the resentment and anger that's felt and they isolate themselves and the other person in a way that will likely cause the issue to go unresolved or to even grow. I want to note here that there is a difference between being direct and being rude or abrasive. With a little bit of compassion and empathy, we spend too much time together becomes, I need more space to maintain my sense of self. Let's talk about how much time it makes sense to spend together each week. See the difference? Strategy number four, give yourself permission. Gianta notes that boundaries aren't just a sign of a healthy relationship, but they are also a sign of self-respect. You respect your garden. You respect your island. You respect yourself and every part of yourself. This means looking at the fear, guilt, and self-doubt that often accompany a lack of solid boundaries and tracing them back to their sources like we talked about last week with the stream. Tracing the emotions upstream and understanding how they came to be, as well as understanding how they are currently situated in between you and the boundaries you need to stay healthy. 
Once that understanding is in place, then you act on it and you can begin to set and maintain that boundary because your health is worth that effort. Being assertive doesn't come naturally to many of us, but it's so critical to this process. Be respectful, of course, but also be clear, direct, and assertive with setting and maintaining your boundaries. One thing that I would add to all of these strategies is that it's never too late to set a boundary. Some people might say things like, well, I've known this person for years. I shouldn't go changing things now. You might recognize this for the excuse that it is. In fact, I've used this as an excuse myself to avoid having to do everything I just explained, but it's something that I'm actively working on now having this understanding. If you've been feeling uncomfortable and have been building up this resentment all these years from someone or something, it's not too late to protect your flowers. It's not too late to put a fence around your tomatoes. It's not too late to conditionally revoke the drawbridge access of that thing or person on your island. The best time to plant a tree is 20 years ago. The next best time is right now. Here are some examples of boundaries to help you round out the full picture. Scheduling non-negotiable alone time for you to just be with yourself. Putting your phone far away from your bed as you sleep. Setting cutoff times or specific time frames for responding to emails or text messages. Temporarily, or not, deleting apps from your phone when they start to become toxic for you. Setting a bedtime for yourself and sticking to it. Easier said than done, because I don't even do this one, but I'm working on it. <laughs> Being clear with your friends that you don't want gossip to be any part of your conversations. Standing up for marginalized and oppressed groups and not tolerating the use of any slurs or hate speech or offensive jokes in your presence. Setting a time to go for a walk each day and sticking to it, which I also need to do. Setting the mutual terms of respect for each of your relationships. And the last example is distancing yourself from draining or toxic substances, things, environments, or people. On this last point, I want to note that it's okay to part ways with or take a break from family or friends and anyone and anything that is causing you pain. It's okay. However, that doesn't mean that the separation won't hurt, that you won't feel a sense of loss from the separation. That doesn't mean you won't need the space to grieve the loss of that relationship or at least some form of its transformation. That doesn't mean that you won't feel a heavy heart for a while. All of these things may be true of your situation, and they're certainly true of my situation this year in particular. But your self-compassion and self-respect will show you the way forward. Inversely, make sure you're respecting the boundaries of others, especially if they're more timid about explicitly communicating their own boundaries. Key into their body language. Be aware and inclusive of neurodiverse behaviors. Straight up ask if things you do or say are okay. Check in and get an explicit answer rather than guessing. In my opinion, the boundaries we set really reflect our own level of self-respect and self-compassion. Love yourself. Respect yourself. Fight for yourself. You can do this. After all, it's your island. It's your garden. I have really enjoyed listening to this podcast. The length of the episodes is enough to keep you engaged without growing bored or disinterested. The content is very refreshing, and Elgin is tackling conversations like these as a non-traditional but needed messenger in today's world. Looking forward to seeing how this podcast progresses and develops, as well as how I grow along with it. Humble, articulate, engaging, this guy makes the task of personal growth so approachable. He delivers his weekly musings on mental health with compassion. I'm grateful to join him on this journey to become more human. So these are the two More Human Podcast listeners of the week, Molly and Cecil, respectively. Thanks so much to both of you for leaving written reviews over on Apple Podcasts. It means so much. And thank you for being the first ever More Human Podcast listeners of the week. 
If you want to become the More Human Podcast listener of the week and get a permanent shout out on a future episode, head over to Apple Podcasts and leave a written review of the show. It doesn't have to be long or super deep, unless you really want it to be. Reviews go a long way in helping new listeners find out about the show and seeing if they really want to tune in. And also, I love to show my appreciation of people supporting this project. Each week, I'll share one or two reviews from the listeners, so be sure to add your name to the end of your review if you want me to know who to thank. As always, thanks so much for listening. And please, do me a favor. If you found any value in this episode, spread the good word by sharing a screenshot of you working and listening to this podcast in the background, and tag at morehumanpodcast on Instagram so I can reshare the love. Or if you're not on Instagram, feel free to send the podcast to a friend or family member who might like the content and or my awkward personality. That's it for episode five. I hope you enjoy the most delightful of peanut butter and jelly sandwiches this week. And if you do actually eat one, take a picture and tag me on Instagram at morehumanpodcast so I can see your craftsmanship at work. Anyway, from Winterheart Studios, I'm Elgin Davis. And this is the More Human Podcast. See you next time.